Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. We're not. We're not doing that. We're not going to reenact that whole we're, terrible, we're gonna... fucking scary movie thing. You don't want to go there. No, you I'm, not going, avoid I'm, it not, I'm not going there. I refuse. You're putting your foot down. I refuse. I'm opting out. Jake is bowing out. He's like, "No, nah, I am not going there." No, nah, I. I can't. I can't do scary movie, man. It's just. This is a scary movie-free podcast. Yeah, it's like it's... We, we love talking about scary movies, but we're not going to talk about scary movie. Yeah, I just I can't do it, man. I just you know what I I like my. What parody. is it about it, Jake? Talk to me, I, man. No, I like talk to parody. me. You, you see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Oh, I'm, here we go. Here we go. I like my parodies smart, like Mel Brooks, man, like fucking Spaceballs, mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein, yeah. yeah. Dracula dead and loving it. Yeah. I'm fucking there. I'm totally there. But the whole scary movie thing and, you know, meet the Spartans and all that, everything that came after <laughs> that wave of parodies just fucking sucked. Like they weren't funny. They weren't like, they were just. Not like Leslie Nelson, um, Naked Gun. Yeah, man, like Naked Gun, of... like Dracula dead and loving it, flying yeah. high, like, you know. Blazing Saddles. Yeah, man, like that shit was fucking funny. Like it was smart. Like you know, yeah, there was some like real fucking lowbrow humor in there, but there was also some really clever shit. And mm. I just, you know, man, like you know, I, I tried with scary movie, but it's like you get to like whatever the fucking one was with Charlie Sheen in it, and it's like you know, they're not even parodying like scary movies anymore. It's like you watch Dracula Dead, loving it. Like it is clear that it is a parody of Dracula. Absolutely. You watch Spaceballs, it is clear it is a parody of Star Wars and sci-fi movies. You get to scary movie and it's just like, uh, you're just like, you've thrown in the Hulk for some reason and signs mm. and like, you just fucking lost the plot and it's just dog shit. It's, it's um, you've raised some valid points there and I, I, I'm in a, somewhat in agreement with you. I, I, I think Hot Shots was, um, like hot shots was fun like hot shots was fun it was silly but it was fun you know um even fucking national lampoon's loaded weapon still had some really fun shit in there like was that the one with um priscilla presley in it or was that naked gun i think that was naked gun no loaded weapon had um emilio emilio estevez yes samuel jackson okay i have a confession i don't think i've seen it Oh, dude, it's it's actually pretty funny. It's like it's a really clever parody of like every eighties action movie trope, and they All even right. like dip into like hanging a bit of shit on Dirty Harry. It's it's well, quite it's quite okay. funny. Jake, that's my homework this week, just so we can do a rad episode about it because it sounds rad worthy. This is it's just like the, the the hilarious scene in there for me is like you know 
it, it does like the the typical like the prototypical 80s sex scene thing right and then it just it cuts to Emilio Estevez and this chick like laying in bed smoking and she like looks over at him and she goes next time can we have sex instead of just laying here smoking cigarettes yeah <laughs> And then he oh, like he gets up and she's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I need to take my naked moonlight butt stroll," and like walks away from the camera with like his ass just in this like slit of light. What? And it's just it's such a great like rip on you know because like every fucking eighties action movie had that like shit in there like you know you know like get half a sex scene and then and they're like laying in bed smoking and the dude gets up and goes for a walk and yeah it's it's pretty fucking funny man. Wow, that's pretty cool, dude. That sounds fun. Well, was, you've, uh, you've convinced me, mate. I, I'm going to uh, definitely do it. I'm going to take the dive. It's 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 worth it, man. It's it's a bit of a forgotten gem. Like, I mean, it sort of came out, um, if I remember, it came out sort of like post-Hot Shots and everything. Right. And it sort of slipped a little under the radar, but it was still pretty, it was pretty funny. I remember seeing it on VHS and okay. just crack, cracking okay. up because it was like, I saw it right at the period where I was like fully into like Lethal Weapon and Die. Well, I mean, I'm still into all that stuff, but it's like, you know, when I was first sort of discovering it. So it was really mm-hmm. funny to be back then. Haven't seen nice. it in a few years. Might have aged badly. Don't know. But uh, I remember well, it being quite good. I'll let you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So here we are. Uh, what is it? Episode, God knows what, of uh, Freaky Friday. 14. 14. 14. God, we're doing pretty bad at keeping count, except we're taking turns each week on. Well, I just remembered because last week was 13, so. Right, yeah, that's right, of course, yes. Yeah, so this is 14, yeah, this is cool. It's 14. Um, Our podcast is officially one. getting uh, hair in funny places Woo-hoo! and starting to think about girls. Yeah, this is exciting, I dig it. It's appropriate that um, we just... Uh, no, nah, I lost it. No, nah, we're, we're, we're officially going to be we're officially going to be pimply teen from The Simpsons in a couple of episodes. Oh, that's yeah, that's great, Jake. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, dude, I I've got a bunch of comics. Um, that there's some that I can't talk about yet because I haven't read them because I'm a dickhead that works too much with no free time. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you about that in a second. So I've got some stories for it. But um, I uh, I finally read Moon Knight, Black, White, and Red. Oh, what'd you think? I dug it, man. It was cool. Yeah. I, I, I think it's one of them books that you've got to go back and read a second time to fully the parameters of, the, of certain stories. But yeah. I really enjoyed the the story with uh, Spider Man. I thought that was fun. I yeah, that loved... was a really fun one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I like the use of red in the in the comic, as you know, I'm a big fan, and you're a big fan, and um, it, it worked really well. I thought great yeah. experiment. Issue one gets the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, no, it it was good. It was good. I um I finished the first. Uh, collection of Nice House on the Lake. Ooh, do tell. Fuck me up. That is such a good read. Real. Oh, dude, it's. I literally can't say too much about the plot 
are except to say go and read it. So base the basic Give us a rough. story. The the basic rundown without giving anything away is that um you have this group of friends. Uh mm-hmm. that they've all met this guy named Walter. Um throughout various points in their life. So some met him in high school, some met him in college, some met him after college. Um, and he's just been this guy that's just popped in and out of their lives. They've had conversations with him, nothing particularly remarkable about him. Right. Like, you know, everyone sort of remarks like, yeah, oh, he's a bit strange. Like, you know, and he has these conversations with them. And he's like, you know, Oh, how do you think the world's going to end? And they just get into these, like, you know, it's very much a vibe of like those conversations you have, at three in the morning in a bar or a coffee shop when everything's closing up, the, the mm-hmm. lights are coming up and everything and everyone's getting ready to go home. Very much that sort of vibe. So he just has nice. these conversations with these people. Um, so, you know, years, years roll on and they all get, all these people get an invite from this guy. Like, Hey, you know, we're drifting apart. We haven't seen each other in a while. Like, you know, I know that you guys aren't doing anything for summer. So I've got this really awesome house up on the lake. Um, just come up, come, you're all coming up for a weekend, uh, or a week or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, anyway, they all show up at this house and shit proceeds to go very fucking wrong. Uh, and they all find out that they are basically stuck there. Uh, Walter has basically imprisoned them there in a fairly what seems to be a benevolent way. Um, he's actually protecting them um, okay. from what I won't say. But, <clears throat> yeah, dude, it is such a fucking great read. Um, nice. nice. Man, this this thing is going to wind up being a TV show or something at some point. Look, I, I, I think a lot of these books are turning that way, dude. Yeah, man. This this is going to be one of those ones where I guarantee you it'll be like when some uh, Something is Killing the Children comes out. Yeah. Everyone that, is going to lose their shit when they watch this thing as a TV show. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm, I'm excited. It's phenomenal, man. It yeah. reminds me of um, the there's there's a lot of mystery to it. Mm-hmm. And it honestly reminds me of when Lost first came out before Lost disappeared up its own ass. Yeah, uh, okay. It's, yep. it's that kind of vibe. Like re- the first season of Lost where, you know, and I, I, I was never a huge Lost fan, but I did like the first season. And I, I remember very much like the the sort of hype around it where everyone's like, holy fuck, what's going on? What do you think this is? What do you think mm. that is? Like, what, what do, you, where, do you think they're dead? Are they in hell? Are they on like another dimension? Are they on another planet? Is it aliens? Is it this? Uh, nice House on the Lake is very much that vibe. Yeah, cool. But way fucking cooler. And it's kind of got a, it's definitely a horror comic. Yeah. But, there's also like a bit of a sci-fi bent to it and a bit of a, it just sort of examines a lot of, um, it, it's funny the the way they use social media in it, uh, very much kind of, uh, kind of, kind of, I'm going for Peter, Peter here. Oh, Fuck it, oh, I don't know. Oh, it's oh, late. Oh. What am I, what am I doing? Um, 
it's kind of very reminiscent to shit that we were talking about last week with like, you know, the, the disconnection and the way social media, like, you know, the social media paranoia and yeah, stuff like gotcha, that. Gotcha, gotcha. It's fucking cool, man. I okay, highly okay. recommend anyone read it. Nice, like, man. Nice. First, first trade paperbacks out. I think it only came out maybe two or three weeks ago, but yeah, very, okay. very cool. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, well, I, I dare say I will talk about it next week, but I picked up issue one of uh, Willy's Wonderland. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's a comic. That there. was such a great movie, by the way. Dude, yes, we've we've definitely got an episode ready to pop out, I think, at some yeah. very soon point, um, along with Mandy as well. Mm. Oh, man, speaking of Nicolas Cage, yeah. I, I watched Pig over the last couple oh. of days. Dude, have you seen it? Uh, Dude, I went... Okay, my experience, I went to the Elizabeth Street Cinema in the city in in that beautiful old school cinema and I I found myself in this beautiful cinema all by myself. Me and Nicolas Cage. It was fucking glorious. Dude, what a fucking movie, right? What a cinematic triumph of a film, dude, right? I I I was I didn't know what to expect because <clears throat> so I I saw the trailer uh, when it first dropped like last year. Mm. And I literally just went, "Oh, it's Nick Cage's John Wick, mm. you know, direct to DVD rip-off thing." Okay, whatever. Yep. yep. Um, and then, you know, I started seeing people I know having watched it and going, oh my fucking God, like, you know, and people that, you know, people that like serious movies, yeah, um, yeah. not people that are like us that like any movie that's, mm. you know, enjoyable or fun. These are mm. people that like serious movies, cinema. Serious um, movies with yeah. depth and a good script and, yeah. uh, you know. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe it's, you know, there's a bit more to it than that. And I Got it from JB uh, probably a month or more ago because sure. they were having a twenty percent off thing, and I was just like, I can't walk past JB if they're having twenty percent off. <laughs> there are things that want to come home with me. Um, you don't understand. It's twenty percent off. I've got to have one of everything. Yeah, um, you know, this is the kind of thing where it's just like, oh, they they just pulled me in. And yeah, I couldn't help it. The Blu-rays they called to me. It's Blu-ray. Um, it's Nicolas Cage. It's the vibe. It's, and it was it was literally yeah. one of those ones where it was like, I think I think it was like it was twenty percent off, and it was like one of those buy two get one free things. Oh, so I got like oh. two two things that I really wanted, um, and a bunch of other shit. Okay. And I was like, oh well, what's the third thing that I'm going to get? Oh, fuck it, I'm going to get this pig movie. My fucking god, I was not ready for that. Like, did it like a... side the head with a massive fucking slap? I kind of felt like it just fucking slotted me in the nuts, man. Like, yeah, that's like, a, that's what, what a, happened to me, dude. What a kick to the balls that movie is. Like, I sat there with a dumb fan of look on my face at the end, uh, and in the most positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, I literally was like, after all that, I was just like, oh, he's got to get, nah, nah. Nah, it's just like, nah. And that, that moment where he finds out, like, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone no, no, no. that hasn't watched it yet, but just that moment where Nicolas Cage finds out the thing and just 
yeah fucking it's like holy fuck it's like you just it's stuff like that where you go oh that's right he did win several oscars because he is that good exactly Um, like i mean he can be forgiven for certain things but man like you've got to give it to this guy he's a fucking good actor he really is like i I think like this movie is is prime example of that yeah it's like you know it's it's back to like Oh, that's right. This is the guy that did Leaving Las Vegas. Mm, like, mm, you know, he's mm. fucking, he can still bring it, man. Like, I, I, I will totally fight did. anyone that says otherwise. Like, yeah. What I love about this, I know, I know this is sort of off topic a little bit, but fuck it. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Um, but dude, like what I love about Nick Cage is he's, you know, he's very outspoken in the sense of, um, I was watching the behind the scenes with uh, of Mandy actually funny enough. And it was just talking about Nicholas Cage saying that he's just a daring actor. He is not afraid to take on the kind of roles that, um, that challenge that appeal to his, to his sense of challenge, you know? Yeah. And this movie really had a, a incredible challenge for him because it's, it's a the dark recesses of, your darkest emotions, really, don't you well, think? The, the, the movie is like, it is like a, a massive exploration of grief and loss. Like, it really, like, from, you know, from Nicolas Cage's character to um, Adam Arkin's character, like, mm. you know, I mean, even, even the son, like, you know, yeah. there's, there's so much in there. Boys about, and girls. Yeah, boys yeah. and girls, we'll, we'll just quickly tell you that if you haven't, it, like, you're probably scratching your heads going, seriously, guys, what the fuck are you talking about, right? Um, the Pig is, like, the latest, well, one of the most recent films from Nicolas Cage, and, and like, he played a renowned uh, chef that disappeared off the face of the earth and just basically makes his living hunt, um, foraging for truffle with his pig. He has a pig that uh, sniffs out the truffles and, uh, you know, without giving too much away, the basic premise of the film is his truffle pig um, that means the world to him, who's his best friend, that li- you know, living in solida- solidarity um, out in the woods, gets kidnapped or pignapped. And he goes on this epic quest to find his pig. And it's, yeah, it's got so many dark turns in it. It's just, it's such a powerful, and I mean, that, moment um with i mean and i gotta give massive props to adam arkin as well it's like absolutely why that moment after um they have the meal um and he realizes what the last time he ate this meal was and just Mm. gets up from the table and like is trying to keep his cool before he breaks down after he goes and has the Dude, oh my fucking god! Just yeah, fuck. It gives you me that up. Yeah, like, it gives you that. Um, it explores the passion of of a great chef, you know. Like, mm. and I love the fact that Nicolas Cage personifies and and understands and respects those attributes of great of great chefs, yeah. and brings it to the screen so beautifully. Like w- w- the way he delivers the performance. Is just, I think that's one of the things that, you know, if you're a Nicolas Cage fan, one of the things you identify 
that's great about the guy is, is that he, the way he, what he brings to each character that he plays, there's a depth and there's a signature that's all Nicolas Cage. But yeah. And I mean, one of, the, one of the things I love, two, two things is like, one of the things I love about Nick Cage is that <clears throat> number one, he is a very serious actor, but number two, the other thing, the flip side of that is he is also a guy that doesn't take himself too seriously. He can do, no. he can do like um, something like pig or leaving Las Vegas yeah. or uh, pay the well, ghost or something like that. But then he'll flip it and he'll do stuff like the unbearable weight of massive talent or yeah. Willie's Wonderland or Mandy. Mandy, like I mean, Mandy's just such a great oh, fucking man. nutty film. I love it to death, and it's gorgeous to look at. Yep, <clears throat> um, I can't or, wait you to know, talk co- about that one. Color out of space and stuff like that. Mm. Like you know, the the guy, you know, he is a very serious actor, and he takes his craft seriously, but he also has a sense of humor and fun about himself. Well, um, that's it. There's 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 incredible attributes to his characteristics on screen that's just i i find that you know it's um it's his own flavor and style that very few actors can touch Mm. and it's a level of cool that i i kind of put up there with the likes of christopher walken you know like Uh, absolutely what a great call like yeah yeah, like he he really is a sort of well i mean you know we've still got christopher walken thank god but like Nick, nick cage is very much heading in that direction of you know great character actor that is just so memorable and you want to watch yeah. anything but you know what i mean like there's a certain way that he talks and stuff and and all the greats do it al pacino fucking yeah. um you know robert de niro hell even tom cruise god yeah, god forbid. yeah you know yeah. like all these guys they just they have a distinct signature style in mm. in their acting they don't try to act per se it, it, i don't know it's just it's organic well that's the thing i mean you, you get a lot of these guys like you have you have great character actors that will disappear into a role um mm. and you have movie stars who like arnold for instance like yeah. i love arnold to death but you're never gonna go to an arnold movie expecting him to deliver you fucking the deer hunter um, no. you, you go to an Arnold movie because it's like it's Arnold and he's awesome. Um, but you then gotta, you, you want to see him blow shit up. Yeah, 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 mm. and you know, give one liners and shit like mm. that. But the thing with um, guys like Nick Cage or Pacino and that is like you know they are movie stars, but they are also great actors, and they mm. will take a character, and you know they will give you that character, but they will also mold that character to their particular sensibilities. Yeah. Um, and make it their own, which I think is really fucking cool. I agree. Um, and the, the other, the other, that was what I was going to say about Pig is um, the other thing I love about it is that, like that that dinner scene I was just talking about mm. is I love that they explore like sense memory and stuff like that, where it's like yes. you, know, you that that one thing like, yes. and I, I think that's a very unique human experience that doesn't get too much play on in in stories like yeah, I, I certainly haven't seen it get a lot of play but like you know no. that that uh, a meal or a smell or a song or you mm. know uh, the 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 way a particular day feels will just take you back to a time and a place in your life and it, how powerful that can be and how mm. it can like just fucking floor you and mm. i thought that was like 
really incredible. And the way they use it to, for, for Nicolas Cage's character to do that deliberately to this guy to almost like, you know, bring back his humanity or who he was before he lost certain things. I thought it was fucking really clever, man, and masterful and just like, you know, wow, what a what a thing to play on. Um Yeah, it's it's a moment in cinema that um basically what we're trying to tell you, boys and girls, is if you get a chance to watch Peg, man, like we're not gonna you know, fuck you around. We're telling you straight up, man, this movie's legit. This movie yeah. packs a punch in the heart, man. It will fucking pound you. Yeah, it, it will fuck you up. Like, yeah. you will, um, um, you know, if that's your thing, it's like, you know, you could you could double bill it and, you know, maybe the first 15 minutes of John Wick and, um, you know, just have a good cry for the rest of the day. Totally, man, <laughs> totally. That, that's exactly how I felt by the end of it. I was dumbfounded, but I was also just you know, flabbergasted. I, I just, I, I was just, I needed five minutes to just try and process the emotional roller coaster that I just went through. Yeah. And I, I love movies that do that to me. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of hate them because it's like, look, I don't need to feel emotions. I kind of get enough of that with uh, the everyday shit that I have in my life. <laughs> the life and times I of Jake. I don't need to pay for it. Like, I don't need to. Why am I paying to be hurt? You know, like, who fucking masochist? Like, you know, yeah. Here, take my $30 and just fuck me up. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I do love movies that do that to me. Like, I, mm. I think that's a really powerful aspect of cinema is like, if I walk out of a film or, you know, I hit the stop button and I'm just like, okay, I need a minute here. Like, yeah, yeah cause yeah. I'm trying to work out what the fuck I just watched and how I feel about it. Like it was it's a, like, it's refreshing when you get movies like that from time dude, to time. It is. It was like, um, when I first saw, uh, these final hours, like, yeah. holy shit. Like, that that is a movie I reserve for like a a, a particularly masochistic day. It's like, right. yeah, I just want to like be completely emotionally devastated. Thank you. Well, I'll just watch mm. the, the the great Australian movie about the end of the world. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's it's. I mean, that's that's the thing, man. It's like cinema can be very fucking powerful. Oh, and fucking a pig is pig is definitely one of those movies that just will. It'll just grab you by the heart and, you know, swing you around a bit, smash you into a couple of walls. And um, mm. and the funny thing is about it is that you kind of, like, the last, it's kind of like you, you, you're watching it. And I, I felt like you're watching it and you're kind of like, okay, where's this going? Where's mm. this going? Where's this going? Where's this going? And then you get to, like, the third act and you're just like, oh, fuck. Mm. <laughs> like oh fuck okay oh, okay uh yeah okay thanks yeah right. it's yeah. uh it's got it's got some firepower to it man emotional oh, yeah. firepower yeah. yeah i i put it up there with uh yeah so many great films and i still cling cling to that glimmer of hope but i know it's never gonna happen but tim burton and nicholas cage please make that superman movie that would be fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, it would have been so, so interesting. I just wanted to see Nicolas Cage play Superman. I reckon he would have nailed it. 
Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I and it's it's a stupid people conversation that I keep mm. having. It's um where where you know um it's similar to a couple of years ago when Quentin Tarantino said he wanted to do a Star Trek movie, and <laughs> everyone yeah. everyone was doing the oh yeah man like we're going to see fucking you know Tarantino fucking Tarantino they're going to be like you know uh, putting their phases to people's heads and like blowing their brains out in the back of the Enterprise and shit like that. And I'm just like. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Quentin Tarantino is a very smart director. He is also a very big Star Trek fan. And I think if he did Star Trek, you would get something pretty amazing that would be a more mature version of 60s Star Trek. It's like Rob Zombie doing the monsters. Everyone's exactly. like, oh, I was about the to monsters say that. are going to be white trash and they're going to swear and shit. It's like, no, 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 no. This guy is a smart director. He is also a very big fan of this franchise. And if mm. you got that, mm. it's going to be something special. And I feel the same way about, you know, a lot of people like, oh, yeah, fucking Nick Cage doing Superman. He's going to play more weird and shit. And I'm just like, nah, man. Like, Nick Cage is a smart actor. He's also a very big comic book fan. He named his son Kal-El, for fuck's yeah, sake. Like, dude, I mean, if that doesn't give you enough con- uh, conviction of, the depth of this guy's soul, man. Like, yeah. Like he's obviously like a very, very devoted fan of Superman. And And he wanted to bring something to the character that we have, we'll probably never see. Yeah. To, to the future. Yeah. Uh, That's how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I really think like he would have given us a very, unique but faithful take on superman absolutely i I think it would have been something we haven't seen it would have been something different but i think at its core it would have been a superman that we all recognized and loved 100 man i mean like we you know we got that with christopher reeve like yeah i'll never never talk shade of throw shade at christopher reeve's um portrayal of superman no. No. no way no way in hell but nicholas cage is very yeah between him and Tim Burton uh, and again I'll make reference to that amazing documentary yeah um brilliant doco if you haven't seen it um the, the, just the fact that they want to explore the true alien of superman's character like the mm. the, the fact that this guy is from another world yeah. how does he relate to a planet that he feels completely alien in you know like yeah. They were raising some valid questions rather than, okay, I've got, you know, I'm I'm this superpowered fucking god living amongst humans. I don't know, just well, and I feel like they also, but I I feel like they, I feel like they've also explored that really well in some of the comics, like Birthright and Secret Origin, about how alone Superman, you know, like before he falls in love with Lois and stuff like that, and they get together, like how alone this guy felt. Um, yeah. And I feel like we got a little bit of that um, in some of the flashback scenes in Man of Steel. We did. But it didn't... And I, I, I really loved a lot of those scenes. I found them really so did I. powerful um, and emotional. But I just felt like it, it could have been like, you know, we could have gotten a lot more of that. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we had to destroy Metropolis. And I won't throw shade at Man of Steel. I really liked it. And anyone that didn't can, you know, 
kiss my grits. So but um, <laughs> I feel like we've got to do a rad episode on Superman and Superman Two at the very least. Yeah, like, I feel like we've got to we've got to dive into a double feature on those two. Hundred percent. Fuck those movies are good. Yeah, we we got to do it, man. Yeah, I watched a really cool anime movie this week. Yes. Well, actually, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there we go. This week, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Empire of Corpses. Okay. I like Dude, the title already. It was very... It's, a, the, can, it's such a great movie. Gorgeous animation. Um, you know, I've been, I've been watching a bit of anime lately. I've done a, started doing a rewatch on Death Note. Nice. Um, but uh, Empire of Corpses, I got it because I just read the concept of it. And I was mm-hmm. just like... Um, fucking in i am so in so it's basically um sort of an alternate history where the world has progressed from victorian times basically taking uh victor frankenstein's work and incorporating that and building uh basically a world around the work of victor frankenstein um nice and like you know, incorporating like his technology for reanimating the dead. So basically, the whole world is run by like you know the the sort of lower class uh, corpses, basically mm. that do all the like you know janitor work, you know, fucking mining work, shit like that, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, the movie basically that's that's the world they live in—a world that's built off the technology that uh, Frankenstein developed and. Um, yeah, they're sort of, you know, searching for his journal because, you know, there's um, people are starting to use the the dead as suicide bombers and stuff like that. Um, you know, the original monster is still out there somewhere. He has this journal and, you know, people are trying to get that so that they can, like, you know, further their technology and their power and stuff like that. Very cool flick. Very, very cool flick. Nice. That sounds good, man. That sounds good. I, um, I actually just finished reading... Um the issue 12 of alien oh cool i've got that i haven't read it yet it's great um that it it concludes the sec the second storyline of that series and man it was fucking great i i was like oh man the first the first storyline was phenomenal um but this one is more of a fucking real conspiracy level fucking storyline with aliens and it's fucking great i won't give anything away but dude um basically this yeah this colony uh you know this religious style colony yeah fucking, yeah yeah. Oh, yeah yeah just has a little bit of an alien problem but there's a lot more to the picture than meets the eye and it's fucking great the way it just pans out is fucking masterfully done i yeah, big fan of it I- I've got, um, I've read everything up to the latest issue, which I think is the final chapter of that. So yeah, yeah it's great, I'm man. Really good keen fun. To see where it goes. Yeah, it's good fun, and I'm I'm keen to see, uh, yeah, what what they do next. Um, I believe they've got another, uh, they've got another annual coming out, which is going to explore uh, Gabrielle Cruz's character. I believe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But um. Yeah, man. That's a, it's a great comic. It's kicking goals. Looking forward to Predator. And yeah, yeah, I'm really keen to see what they do with Predator. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. So I think Marvel's, um, you know, I was a bit skeptical at first, but man, I think Marvel's doing a good job of, um, you know, uh, keeping the uh, the the purity of these franchises alive. 
Yeah, no, I agree, man. Like, yeah, I was I was a bit skeptical when they got aliens, mm. uh, just because I um I was so used to Dark Horse, and Dark Horse did do such a good job with it. Phenomenal so, job. Read yeah. any of their tradebacks, you'll be very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was um I was very very kind of on the fence about what uh marvel would do with it but i've i've been really impressed so far yeah they, they took the ball and they ran with it really well man so yeah it's fucking yeah it's a it's a gem dude mm. it is a gem so um dude um we got a cracker of a of a movie and a bit of a segue into the comic and the movie of this fucking this week's episode i'm pumped as am i yeah, dude. So, uh, and this, this, uh, the, you know, man, I, I, when, I, when I first discovered this comic, and you know, by proxy, the movie, mm. it was like, it was such, it's one of those things where it's like you think about it and it's like, how has no one done this before? Yes. This, what we're talking about, boys and girls, is um, once upon a time in the not too distant um, past, um, Steve Niles. I believe Steve Niles, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, wonderful writer um, came up with this interesting take on the vampire mythology and cre- gave us a wonderful story called 30 Days of Night. If you haven't read that comic book series, Jake and me highly suggest that you read it. Now, at, at least the first three trades. At, at least. At, at least 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, and Return to Barrow. Oh, dude, I read all three and just fucking went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the first one is just such a, you know, you know how we, we've just been talking about, you know, something is killing the children, nice house on the lake and all that. Dude, this is a classic example of a brilliantly written comic book. Mm. Therefore, you know, inevitably brilliantly translated to the screen in 2007's 30 Days of Night film. That is the subject of today's episode. Ta-da! Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for him, Johnny? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we were <laughs> going to talk about the uh, lifetime supply of No More Mari. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to do it. Um, no, no, we're, we're going to talk about the comic book a bit. Um, man, I fucking love the art. Uh, it's not just the, it's vampires, but it's fuck it. It's just such a brilliant idea. And the artwork in this comic book is fucking brilliant. And the way it translates to the screen cinematically is fucking brilliant. Um, I'm with you. When I first read this comic, I just went, how the fuck did nobody else think this? This is fucking brilliant. Well, it's such a great concept. It's just like, okay, vampires. Like, mm. what? What? where are they going to go? Like, you know, where are they going to go to get rid of that pesky sun problem? Yeah. How about a fucking town that has like no sun for a month? Exactly. The, the small it's, town of Barrow in Alaska. Yeah. It's such a simple mm. conceit and concept that you just go, why has no one ever thought of this? Um, like. I, I literally clapped my hands in joy. Just going, this is fucking brilliant. Well, and one of the, one of the things that I really love about these comics and the movie is that um, it came along at a time, and look, I love 
vampire movies. So all, all, all vampires are beautiful. I love, you know, brooding, fucking emo, Anne Rice vampires. I love punk rock vampires like the Lost Boys. I love fucking dirty-ass, nasty vampires like Near Dark. What I really loved about 30 Days of Night is that it took vampires back to being monsters. Like, they don't want to romance you like no. Dracula. They don't want to it's brood not as about immortality. No. You know, they don't want to brood about being immortal and how lonely it is or anything. It's like, no, they're fucking monsters and they want to eat you. You're their lunch. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like... And it was just like, it was just so cool to see that come back to, you know, just vampires are monsters. Like they well, are fucking monsters that want to eat you. They are higher on the food chain than you. And, you know, they will cold. fuck your shit up. Well, Steve Niles wrote this fucking story in 2002, three issue comic book miniseries illustrated by Ben Templesmith. Um, From Australia. ID, yep. IDW publishing pumped it out in 2002 and uh you know you got to give kudos man because well, you know it what really put IDW on the map man like yeah. it really like it was you know IDW is really kind of um the the company that 30 days of night built because yeah I I remember the hype around this I didn't get to read it until it was in trade because I could not fucking Same. get a hold of an issue yeah. to save my life Like, I think the first 30 Days of Night comic I got was a one-shot annual that came out well after the miniseries because, man, you could not get this fucking thing anywhere in single-issue format. It was that popular. It It was was smoking hot. It's one of them comics that just, you know, you talk to any comic shop and you ask them, you know, think back to that time when 30 Days of Night hit the shelf and they go, oh, it didn't even hit the shelf, man. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. It, it literally didn't. It was just like, yeah, you, you got no chance unless you pre-ordered it. Like, and, I mean, there, there's that embarrassing scene where you go to the counter and you go, do you have any copies of 30 Days a Night? And the, the they, counter clerk goes... <laughs> yeah, they just laugh oh, you yeah. out the door. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, dude, what were you saying? Um, yeah, I, I just remember, like, you know, back, back when this came out, it was fucking smoking hot. And unless you had pre-ordered it, like, through previews mm. or something like that, it's like, you had no chance at all. Like, even the second printings and third printings, like, you just, it's like, you just couldn't get it. It was just like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to wait for trade. <laughs> yeah, like a dumb shit loser. Yeah. But I was that guy too, man. I got the trade. I got the... Yeah, I got Dark Days, I got Return to Barrow. And like seriously, like if there is a trilogy of tradebacks worthy of your dollar, oh, this yeah. is it. This is it. I mean, yeah. this is the quintessential vampire fucking reading for comics in my opinion. Like Absolutely, man. Like yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you you could you could this like you know american vampire we've talked about american vampire before. yep How absolutely it is but like bloodstained but... teeth is is sorry to interrupt but bloodstained teeth is my hot new fucking flavor. oh it's, it's shaping up nicely i've got the yeah. first two issues and i've flicked through and i'm just like oh i can't wait to dive into this yeah one. but 30 days a night man is is like just uh, a brilliant idea that's just spawned from a time you know which i don't know we we could dive a little it's... bit in into the, the, the what came around it yeah but i just i love how 
and I mean, it's it it is just it's one of those comics. It's funny, you know, we're talking about like sense memory and stuff with Pete. yeah, yeah. It is one of those comics that just takes me back to reading it. Uh, I was living in Toowoomba. It was winter. I, it was fucking cold. It was rainy, and I was just at home one night. I'd gotten the first trade. I think I might have gotten. Um, I think I may have gotten it and Dark Days together. Mm, nice. Um, and yeah, I was just at home one night and it was fucking freezing and I was just, you know, laying in bed and cracked them open and just devoured them both. And it's just, it's such, such a perfect time to read those comics, man. It's it like is. a cold, rainy night uh, because they're so atmospheric and Ben Temple Smith's art is just so like, just draws you in and you just, I love that sketchy style that he yeah, does. Man, it just you completely get immersed in the story and mm-hmm. just the atmosphere of it. And um yeah, I mean even even reading, I think I read Return to Barrow on a bus down to Brizzy once, mm. um, on a bus trip. And yep. even then, man, it just draws you in and it just puts you in that like dark, cold, bleak kind of It really sets the atmosphere. tone, doesn't it? Like Yeah, man. I mean you know, the basic straightforward plot and it's so simple yet so effective of of this this town just being you know held held at the mercy of these vampires that just flock to barrow on you know for for 30 days of Mm. of complete nightfall and you know these vampires are like aliens they're just perfect killing machines they yeah they're devoid of emotion they just want to just eat you um they speak a sinister language they look fucking evil as fuck i was so happy to see evil looking vampires again i was just so happy like it all the blood stains around their mouths and shit it was like oh there was nothing glamorous about this these vampires it was just oh yeah they were just really monsterous man like right walking fucking sharks yeah totally dude and And they've just got like mouths full of fucking razors you know it's amazingly like just what a great take and i mean as i said man i love all vampires like all vampires yeah fucking Um, man. there's there's something great about it yeah man the the vamps in 30 days of night are just like you know there's something that we haven't seen in a good long time. And that's like really monstrous, like vampires who they don't want to converse with you. They don't want to, you know, tell you their life story before they try and eat you. It's just like, no, they're just going to show up to your town. They're going to completely cut you off from civilization with no chance for escape. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're just gonna fucking party and just fucking eat everyone there for the next 100%. month. Um, and, and this is just the comic book we're talking about, man. This yeah. is just like the the the, the one of the great things I love about this comic book series is that the fucking pages just jump out at you, and you you can't help but feel compelled to just finish this bad boy from cover to cover. Yeah, I was literally just gonna say that, man. It is it is seriously a graphic novel or three that you do not want to put down like you can you just, smash you, it in one reading yeah you just you just want to keep turning the page you don't want to stop you're just like you get the story sucks you in so much yeah and like you know the the pace is really good of, too yeah the desperate attempt for survival that like mm. you know even and stella and their whole crew have yeah 
uh, it just really draws you in. And mm. it's one of those things where it's like, I love it when I'm reading something and I can't really see the ending coming or guess it. And it's not that I'm a fucking genius that's like, oh yeah, I always guess the ending. <laughs> it's like a lot of the a lot of the times, you know, when you've read so many comics or you've you've watched so many movies or seen so many TV shows, you do become aware of the tropes and the cliches and stuff. Um, especially, you know, when you're a writer, you know, you learn that shit and, you know, it sometimes it, it kind of fucks you up because you, when you're reading or watching something, you will sort of go, uh, I bet this is going to happen. Or if I was doing this, this is probably where I'd go with it. And then, you know, that's what happens. And you go, oh, yeah, okay, of course, you know, naturally that makes sense. Yeah. And it's not kind of like a, you know, oh, I'm so clever. I picked the ending. These writers are so stupid. It's one of those things where it's just something that happens when you are a writer and you do consume, you know, media of any sort. Um, but with 30 Days of Night, I was literally like, you know, slamming through the pages and I'm just going, I don't know how the fuck they're going to get out of this. Like, there is no way. Like, how the That's hell right. are these guys going to survive let alone escape um mm. and it really kind of like blows your mind when you get you get to it you're like holy shit um i do give the edge and we'll talk about this when we get to the movie i give the edge to the comic and i'm not going to say why yet but i am just going to say the last page of 30 days of night the original series broke my fucking heart in two and i wish to fuck it had gone into the movie but we'll talk about that when we get to the movie mm. but that last page man that was some powerful shit um like yeah but we'll, we'll get to that yeah fucking a man yeah it's um yeah definitely read the comic book boys and girls but the movie uh came out shortly after the the, the, the comic book surprisingly i mean 2002 yeah, it was a and pretty quick 2007 turn. right i mean that's yeah that's, like in the grand scheme of things man that's pretty fast man that, that is yeah fucking... well i mean well when you consider it's like okay the comic came out in 2002 they would have started shooting the movie 2006 for it to come out in 2007 mm. um because you know movie turnaround wasn't quite as super fast back then as it is now um, so, I mean, it would have gone into development, like what, 2005 or so, like, you know, pre-production yeah. and everything yeah. like, so it's only, you know, two or three years before the fucking movies, like, you know, doing the rounds at the studios and shit and everyone's going, Oh, let's make this. But, um, not surprising though. Cause it was a pretty fucking hot property. Like, yeah, it, it was, was. A, it was a pretty, pretty hot property back in the day. Yeah, I agree. It was, um, yeah, it, it's uh, the, the the film of this is um, yeah. I mean, the way it's all come together is fucking brilliant, and it was shot in New Zealand. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking crazy, man! Like, um, and half the cast is from New Zealand and Australia. Like, mm. so it was you know fucking give it up for the hometown boys. I mean, well, Kiwis of course, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking cool, man. Like, um great great cast in the movie like um yeah and i i really think like they did uh they did a really great job with the film capturing the atmosphere of the comics like yeah that's the thing that blew me away about this yeah 
it's a very bleak movie, not in terms of tone or anything, but just the way it feels like, you, you know, you're watching it. I've actually got it spinning in the background now while we're talking. Nice, nice. Um, and, um, yeah, man, like you, you're watching it and it's, it's a very, you know, gray, cold looking movie that really, you know, it, it draws you in. Like it's, it's well, again, like, it's, like the comic, it's a good movie to watch on a, a rainy day agreed. or a cold day or something. It's the great thing about this film. Like this is one of those rare comic book to film adaptations that just slam dunks the brief beautifully. Like this movie captures all the bleakness, the darkness, the the thriller, um, the fearophobia per se of the whole the vampire mythos in that's that um the boys Niles and Templesmith captured so beautifully in the comics the way it's translated the screen is just so exquisite. Well, and it's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Morrissey. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Close. I'm looking it. for a word that's just as scary as Morrissey. Um, it's it, just frightening. It is very frightening and scary and, uh, vicious and br- like they're, they're the scenes where the vampires are, attacking the town like you know mm. when they're going house to house yeah and they are just it, it's merciless like it is isn't it it really doesn't leave you with any doubt that these creatures are just remorseless killing machines they are another species that just is completely bereft of mm. any humanity or morality or anything like that like you know the scenes where you know they're in the home and that creepy fucking you know nail playing the record scene and stuff like that um you know or where they're using that woman as bait to mm. draw out the survivors yeah got her walking through town and yeah. they're just like slowly stalking her as she's begging for help and you know, then they start attacking her and just like, you know, taking little swipes at her and shit like that to like, you know, make her scream louder. It's really fucking like vicious and just really, um, just a really great way of showing rather than telling that, you know, these things are fucking monsters and they're not, you know, there's, they're not going to fall in love with their dinner and want to spare it. It's just like, no, they're just there to be fucking evil and fuck shit up and, you know, get a free feed for 30 days or so. Yeah. They're pretty cool, man. And, and the fact that they, what I love also is the fact that they speak their own language, which was designed by, uh, used, um, created with the help of a linguistics uh, professor in New Zealand. Mm. And it's such a fascinating language that they speak, you know, it's, um, I, I don't know, man, it just, it just matches the tone of their personalities, their, their frightening demeanor. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like these are cold calculating motherfuckers. They're going to fuck you up. Well, and, you know, also it's one of those things like the way the language is spoken mm. is like really inhuman and it's, kind of like. It's devoid of creepy. emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it, man. It's, it's, um, yeah, just the, 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 I don't know, there's, yeah, there's a very European tone considering that they are essentially European vampires. Yeah. Um, 
the the way that they capture that in in the language is just incredible like mm. yeah i mean this well, is this is fascinating and also the way like you know the way that uh, again it, it's so great the way that they have made them just inhuman monsters like mm. you know the way their eyes are the the blackness of their eyes and stuff yeah. um but also the way they move like their their body language and everything is completely inhuman and predatory um and it's really fucking cool like you know even the extras like you know there's no there's no fucking dickhead extra just like kind of wandering around in the background like you know oh yeah i'm a vampire i'm walking yeah it's you know really kind of fucking cool that like even the extras are like given it a hundred percent to make these things what they are yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's brutal, and um, and and again, you know, like kudos to the cast, man, that that brought this to the screen so well, man. The people that played the vampires, fucking, they must have had a ball playing these characters, dude. Oh yeah, man, for sure. And they all look so unique and distinct, like uh, the um, little the little girl vampire. Oh dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, fucking creepy as fuck. Like, you want to talk creepy, dude. That was creepy. But, I mean, one of the other things, I'm just I'm just looking at, like, some of the scenes now as I'm, as I'm talking to you. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think is really fucking cool is that, you know, and, of course, like, it's set in the middle of a blizzard in Alaska. Doy. But just having the snow as the environment mm. is, like, really visually striking like you know the the blood stains on the snow and everything like it really helps um and i mean of course that was in the comic of course mm, because yeah. you know hello but like on screen it really the way that they have used like the very dramatic and you know sometimes excessive blood stains on the snow is like really striking and really gives it that you know harkens back to the comic and the graphic novels and everything and just gives it that really visually graphic feel yeah absolutely yeah it's um yeah there's a lot of elements just again you know uh, props to the translation from comic book to film but it's funny enough i'm reading some notes that um this was originally conceived as a intended for a script you know a film pitch yeah and when it was rejected and rejected and rejected um it ended up just translating into a comic book into the three-part comic book series (laughs) so well it's it's not like any asshole here has done that no well exactly (laughs) about like werewolves or anything exactly Uh... (laughs) yes exactly so yeah fucking yeah here's to the little guy but um (laughs) yeah man the the film man just like i I really the lead uh was it marlo the lead vampire yeah 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 he was killer dude yeah danny houston man who um fucking rules you know uh most people would probably recognize as uh striker from wolverine yeah uh, dude. wolverine origins he rocked absolutely rocked man like total badass frightening character what, like, and such a great performance given yeah. that he doesn't his character doesn't speak a fucking word of english and yet 
This you is know, an exercise in brilliant emotional acting. Yeah, just like physically, you know, the way he delivers like this alien language, like this alien vampire language and, you know, just the the intent in his mood. Like, you know what he's feeling and stuff mm. like that, even mm. though he's not like, you know, emoting in any way that, no. you know is remotely human. Like mm. you still get everything from his characters. It's a really good performance. Um, it is. And I, you, know, you, you got like Josh Hartnett in there. Who's always. Well, great. this is the thing, man, like the two lead actors. Well, yeah. Two of the lead actors, Josh Hartnett and Melissa George, our very own Melissa George. Yeah. Um, they both uh, can put we in... just stop? Can we stop for a minute? Cause Please. I had such a crush on her in home and away. I never really watched home and away, but. Oh you, my God. Yeah, I was it home and away or neighbors. I can't remember. Who knows? But, but dude, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. She was, um, she was a fox. She still when, is when, a fox. Oh yeah, she still is. She's a stone cold fox. But yeah, like, yeah. back back in the day when she was a, a redhead on Home and Away or Neighbors or whatever yeah. it was, it was one of yeah. those shows. Yeah. I was just like, I'm a bit in love with you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those Wayne's World swing moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. It, she's definitely a swing swing. Yeah. yeah, Melissa George, we salute you. Yeah, absolutely. Showing. <laughs> um, yeah, but dude, like she plays a fantastic role in this film. Oh, she's great. Like, yeah, yeah. like you know, between her and Josh Hartnett, they they just balance beautifully, really well. Like, there's not one that sort of outweighs the other. It's like they they just complement each other. They work really well together on screen and deliver a dynamite performance. Well, and they really, because, I mean, look, you know, uh, from a purely emotional perspective, like, Mm. even and Stella really are the heart of this story, these the trilogy of stories. Like, Mm. they, they, they are the heart and soul. Like, their relationship is the heart and soul of it. And I was a little... Uh, dubious when I heard that they were um, having them as like being separated in the movie rather than in the comics where they're like, you know, desperately in love with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little, I was a little, but it really works for this story. It like does. it really, you know, you know, gives it like a lot of, um, it just gives it a lot of emotional weight and a lot of an emotional punch in that, like, you know, you see this couple, you know, almost coming back together through this crisis and realizing how much they mean to each other. And you really want them to make it out. And that's what makes the ending so tragic as well. Absolutely. Um, And yeah, I like her, her and Josh Hartnett just absolutely fucking delivered the goods on this movie. Like, Mm. you know, they really did. And she, you know, at no point is she like, you know, this desperate damsel in distress or whatever, like, you know, she, she carries, she carries it as much as he does. Um, and they, they really do. And this is one of the things that I loved that they, they managed to get across despite, you know, changing up the relationship a bit is that they really do, um, capture the, the team aspect of Eben and Stella from the comics and bring it over to the movie. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I I was fucking blown away by all that shit, and uh, I'm just reading about uh, 
one of Marlowe's lines that I, I, I was trying to think of a line that he said in the film that just fucking resonated. And there's one that he says, it's that which can be broken must be broken. Mm. I think one of my, my, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does have some really great, like, I, I, I love that he's kind of got those like really great sort of uh, pretentious, I've yeah. lived for thousands of years and, you know, fuck humanity kind of speeches. Because... I, there's, there's one he says where it's like, um, when a man, something like when a man meets a force, he cannot move. He breaks himself or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or he absolutely. destroys himself against it. Uh, Only I'm, hunger I'm and pain. Badly at best, but no, uh, no, no. But yeah, the vibe is there, dude. Like, I mean, he doesn't have a tremendous amount of dialogue, but when he does, it's just fucking on point. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. You, you, get, you get some really good, um, you, you get some really good, uh, 21 year old angsty that really resonates absolutely. with me. I'm probably going to get it tattooed on me kind of line yeah, from him, which absolutely. is really fucking cool. And I live for that shit. I think it's great. He um, definitely played like, uh, man, he beat, like, he definitely played one of my bet favorite vampires. Oh yeah, he's, he's, just... he's such a great villain. Like he's I such mean, a great villain, and he's got so many great villain lines. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's it's like what we said before, and we'll say it again. Like this film really reopens that fear factor about the vampire um, mythology that is kind of you know, I guess in many ways was what? was yeah. poisoned by the whole fucking Twilight saga mm. you know twilight well, I mean, that's really the thing. It's changed like, all that shit yeah like you know this this kind of um really gave us um it took us back to that that dark evil and i can't wait to to talk about it but i'm sorry to sorry to cut you off but um john carpenter's vampires is one yeah. of the films that just it, it kind of reson- it closely parallels in many ways, but with these vampires, even though, well, that's, yeah, that's what I was I was gonna say is this movie gave us vampires that you probably wouldn't want to be. No, um, that's it. Because like, like, you know, the Lost Boys. It's like, oh, fucking sign me up. You know, mm, if that's yeah. what being a vampire is. Fucking, I'm down. Yeah, even, listen to our even, Lost Boys episode. That was a great one. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, mm. Even uh, stuff like Near Dark. It's like, yeah. oh, fuck yeah, that's so cool. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's like, mm. yep, sweet. Sounds even Interview with the Vampire. I, in, I, fucking, even, in, I dug yeah. it. Interview with the Vampire. It's like, oh, you mean I get to like be super hot and live forever? Yeah. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, I'm cool with that, yeah. You know. But you get to 30 days of night and it's like, I don't know that I'd want to be one of these vampires because it seems kind of like, you know, it's like, okay, you get the perks, but you kind of lose all of your humanity. And it's kind of like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if that's really a good deal or not. Um, There's a little bit of politics in this film too, um, if I remember correctly, and the fact that it was Marlowe's character or one of the others was trying to sort of basically quash, um, prevent the vampires from exposing themselves, exposing the vampires to the public. Yeah. They were trying to sort of set, you know, because the, by, by infiltrating this tra- town, they were inevitably 
revealing themselves to to humanity. Yeah, well, he he also does that thing where it's like you know anyone that like they're bitten or anything like that. It's like mm. they basically have to destroy the bodies. Like mm. after they've fed, like it's a, it's like you know after you've fed, you fucking rip the head off or you burn them or something like mm. that. You mm. don't let any of them turn. Mm. No survivors, no mm-hmm. evidence, no mm-hmm. nothing. Like it's he he his intent is basically to go in there. Um, you know, have basically a fucking feast for thirty odd days. Basically, just... Barlow is it, sorry. The 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 town is um basically fucking like Sizzlers. It's an yeah all yeah yeah. It's an all you can eat buffet. Mm. And then once they're done, they intend to just raise the whole fucking town to the ground. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm watching it now, and I'm just like thinking, like you know what, man? Like this movie is kind of um. It's got a very the thing vibe to it. It does with vampires, it? like yeah, just the it does. way it's shot. The, the the you know, and it's not just the, the snow element, but obviously that plays a really big part. Um, the isolation, you know, the paranoia. It, um, it gave me that. It gave me shades of Aliens as well. In just that mm. that that um fucking just that whole confined space um dilemma. You know, just running from a fucking you know perfect killing machine literally in you know in in the darkness you know yeah against incredible odds um well and especially the way it builds at the start like you know just as the vampire attack is kicking off like you know there's all this stuff happening like you know Mm. that all the phones and radios are destroyed the systematic just you know total toppling of all yep. the dogs are killed, which, yep. and I mean, you know, again, I'd just like to point out to our listeners, I am talking about a film in positive terms where they kill a bunch of dogs. Mm-hmm. So that should, that alone should tell you that this movie is pretty fucking good because normally that would be the point where I nope the fuck out. It's like, fuck you. You killed the Huskies. I'm not watching your stupid movie. Yeah. But this movie's really fucking good, so I'll, I'll let it slide. Well, it, um, it, this movie just explores the depths of how these guys surgically remove yeah. every survival component for the humans. Mm. And I mean, you know, then then you know you've got stuff where it's like you know the vampire attack kicks off, and you see that that great, great scene mm. where the woman is pulled under the house into the mm. darkness, mm. and her husband's trying to save her, and it's just completely fruitless. Um, and it's, it, you know, that's the alien comparison there. It's like, you know, there is something in the dark that is killing you and you just don't know what it is yet, but it's not fucking good. That's what I was going to say. It reopens that fear of the dark that so many of us have, like phobia. Yeah. Mm. And, and it, 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 it's, um, yeah, it's a terrifying emotional experience, man. It's, it's, I, I fucking love it. And man, it's like, you know, you watch it and it's like, there are so many little scenes where it's mm. like, I'm just watching, watching it now. And it's like, there's so many little scenes where, you know, you've got survivors and they're hiding, Yeah, but, you know, just out of focus in the background, you're seeing vampires like coming across the roofs or like watching them from a rooftop. And then it's very, a- it's very in. alien-esque in many ways. Isn't yeah. It? It's, mm. it's very like, there's a lot of off. Even even like the early on in the film when the the Russian ship, you know, carrying all the vampires comes to the shore, um, to the ice. Even that is just like it to me. That just reminds me of um, 
the, you know, the, the, the early moments of Dracula where the, the mm. fucking, you know, the derelict ship arrives at port, you know, and all the crew are dead, you know. it's just brings me to that. It's kind of like that with a, a twist of, of uh, X-Files for good measure, you know, yeah. just all that gloom and darkness is yeah, just yeah, yeah. so apparent. And, um, yeah, that just really sets the tone for what to expect. Mm. And I mean, you know, like, like you were saying before the whole, the, the politics stuff, like, you know, even, even like, you know, I love the little hints of mythology they get through, yes. like where Marlo's yes. saying stuff like it took centuries for us to make them believe that we were only bad dreams. Mm. Like, you know, that, that little hint of, you know, the, the culture and mythology of these vampires that like, you know, they've actively been working to have no one suspect that they actually exist is mm. really kind of cool. Um, and like, you know, some of, some of the shots there, like, um, you know, after like Josh Hartnett fries that female vampire with the sun lamp. Yeah. That was and awesome. like completely fucking barbecues her to the point where, and I, I mean, I also think that that's kind of a cool thing as well. It's like, they don't instantly heal from this sort of stuff. It's like, no, they, get, no. they get burnt by the they sun. They get hurt. fucked up. Yeah. Um, you know, the special effects where... in this film is fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah, dude. The, the makeup is fantastic. The, yeah. The effects are just, just, you know, there's nothing super flashy, but everything that's in there is so great. Um, yeah. And so flawless. Um. But yeah, that that shot where Marlo's like mourning over her near that like you know ship that's half built and stuff like mm. that is very. Um, there's a very uh, Nosferatu there kind is, of isn't it? shooting style aspect mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's very reminiscent of that. Like you know, just in the way it's framed. Um, you know, it really the, it, the, the there's so many colors. Yeah. Um, you know, the black of Marlowe's coat and, and yes. you know, his outfit and everything against mm. the snow and all that's very there's very many much... beautiful nods. Mm. Yeah. Very, very uh very graphic novel, very, you know, nods to early vampire stuff and shit like that. It's it's fucking cool. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I love it. And <laughs> like you said before, Jake, the 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 fangs, I love the 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 fangs, the way that translated from the comic to the screen, they mm. they look brilliant. Like they look, I, I don't know, they just don't look like the goofy fucking two single sharp fangs, which I'm a fan of. Yeah, but this is like this complements the tone of their character, which is just cannibal killing yeah, machines. Man. Just the walking sharks, like yeah. mouths full of fucking razors that just want to bite you, and it's really. Like fucking, it, there's there's something very primal to the way the vampires look, uh, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing, man. I like I I love what this film gives us is a just a really nice little, you know, uh, introduction to a, a a universe that I kind of part of me I know that there was a follow up film, uh, a short film or something that was made later on. Um, but oh, no, I wish there did, was they, more. They did do Dark Days as a feature. Yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's a different cast. It's not. It's not a bad movie. Um, I've only watched it uh, once, maybe twice. I, I really do need to revisit it. I may do that either. Yeah, either tonight I, I think I think I've got a copy of it, and yeah. I, yeah, I definitely need to watch. But man, I just I feel like the 
impact of this first film um, deserves a follow-up. Like, and I, I just can't see them fucking it up. Yeah, it, it did deserve, I mean, I do feel like it deserved a bigger budget because I think Dark Days was pretty much direct-to-video. Um, yeah. But I do feel like this film definitely deserves, uh, it deserved a, a follow-up with the same cast or, or the surviving cast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the it would same be cool sort of to... budget and scale. It would be cool to see like a interpretation of Return to Barrow to the oh, screen. Absolutely, that would yeah. be cool. Like, it, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think for shits and giggles, it'd be really cool. Um, you know, it doesn't need an overblown budget or anything like that. I think you know the the first film has proven that you can do the less is more approach and deliver a great film. Um, I this, honestly can't yeah. believe that we haven't gotten this as a TV series yet. I, I honestly well, can't believe that someone yeah. hasn't gone like, you know what, let's redo 30 Days of Night, but we'll do it as a TV series and we'll do it as an ongoing TV series. We'll we'll start with the original story. We'll move forward to Dark Days, Return to Barrow, some I of those think, little one-shot stories from the annuals and stuff. Like, I think we're ready for it. Like, I, I know we've gotten the Vampire Diaries and all these wonderful Ooh, fucking romantic man, you know, we got vampire like, what, films. Nine, nine seasons of the Vampire Diaries. We can yeah. Five for 30 days a night. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I've never Netflix, watched Netflix, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I mean, I've never watched Vampire Diaries or anything like that. I, I don't know. Something about I, it just doesn't I've, appeal I've, to me. I've heard... Okay. I, I have tried to watch Vampire Diaries. I... Um, don't think I'm the target audience for it because I think I'm a little too old. That being said, I have heard from uh, a bunch of people that it is really good once you get into it. Um, and there's part of me that does want to give it a chance because Kevin Williamson's the showrunner on it. And it's like, yeah. well, dude, you wrote Scream. How bad could it be? Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just don't think I'm... I'm the guy for it. Like I, I, I'm with you, man. I think, dude. Like in a day and age of great horror and stuff, I mean, look, look at the success of what Chucky brought to the TV screen. That's well, fucking yeah, gold. Exactly. I mean, so Chuck, why not Chucky Thirty Days a Night? Yeah, yeah. Like a Thirty Days a Night TV series would be fucking great. Even yeah. like a, a six part mini series or something like that would be fucking great. Well, yeah. I mean. The way I see it, you could effectively do it. Um, you could do those first three graphic novels as like a six, like Midnight Mass, which, mm. by the way, vampire stuff, uh, Midnight Mass has been out for long enough. If you have not watched Midnight Mass, just fucking do it. It's a masterpiece. Mm. It's an absolute masterpiece of television. Mike Flanagan is one of the single best working horror directors alive. And you should just watch everything he does. Um, yeah, but like, do it like Midnight Mass. Like, you know, you do you do thirty days of night as a six hour miniseries. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, Dark Days the same. You do Return mm. to Barrow the same. I I think I, I honestly think I I failing that they could easily pull us give us a great um you know movie follow up at some point. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I mean, 2007, what, we're 2022 now. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a good enough uh, stretch. Uh, you know, maybe anniversary around the corner. 
yeah, like let's have it. Let's let's do a sequel. Like let's do a proper sequel. And um, well, there have been enough Thirty Days of Night stories. I mean, beyond the three graphic novels that we've talked about, you know, they have gone on and done more stories set. Yeah, in the world. So, yeah, yeah, the uh, the Dead Space one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. Um, I just think, like, you know, um, come on, guys, like, yeah. you know, bring revive this. Look, I will tell and series you, and give us a a sequel that's set, like, you know, yeah, you know, however what, many years after the original film. Actually, you know, what was a great one that uh, would fucking I. Yeah, this is my wishful thinking kicking in. Fucking with the X-Files, you know, it hasn't been that long since it was on the screen, but there was a great IDW um, mishmash, which they do a lot mm. of, X-Files, 30 Days a Night, and it was fucking great. Like, there, was a, there was a bunch so of those good. that I wanted to read because there was an X-Files, The Crow one. There was an yeah. X-Files, uh, I think they did... Uh, Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles and a bunch of other ones. Yeah, like yeah. But the, the Thirty Days a Night one was so good, dude. It was mm. fucking. I never, just... I never read it, but I really wanted to. Oh, dude, it's fucking great because I mean, like, seriously, you watch this film which you're currently watching. Um, it just screams shades of X Files. Like, you know, all all that's missing from that film is fucking Mulder and Scully turning up, going, "Hey guys, what's up?" Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Or being stuck in the town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um. Yeah, I mean, it, it would just be fucking phenomenal. But uh, I know it will never happen. But fuck, one can wish. But um, it's, it's, yeah. it's frustrating because it is such a great concept that you could do so much with. And oh. I just feel like with with all of the movies that we do get that are kind of, you know, good to mediocre, mm. it's like, come on, like, and I find that the frustrating thing about, um, and I, I love superhero movies. I, you know, I, yeah. I enjoy the Marvel movies. I do have my issues with them. We've talked about that before. Yes. But I do love it when we get comic book movies that aren't superhero fair. Like, I love it when we get The Crow. I love it when we get Hellboy. I love it when we get Sin City. I love it when we get 30 Days of Night, Judge Dredd, stuff like that. Like, I just... I feel like there's so many great comics out there that aren't superhero based that it's kind of a shame that we don't get a lot of them anymore. Mm, absolutely. And the thing is, it's like 30 days a night is a wonderful pra- uh, exercise in practical special effects. And absolutely. I, I, I don't know. It, in this day and age of fucking overblown CGI fucking extravaganza, um, it'd just be nice to give us another dose of that fucking wonderful practical effects that that only a movie like Thirty Days a Night can deliver. I don't know. It'd just be it's really such, nice. It's such a great, um, it's such a great. I feel like with Thirty Days of Night as a film series, I feel like it's such a great horror franchise that never got off the ground. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It really could have been. Like, we could have had, you know, a 30 Days of Night movie every couple of years. In many ways, I'm kind of glad that we didn't get that fucking candy-coated fucking franchise that so many other flicks have gotten. Um, I kind of dig that it's got a relatively strong cult following. So it's kind of like it's our little baby, you know? To the to the horror purists of of the, the Looniverse, you know, this is our child. Yeah. Um, and the, the normals of the, 
the, you know, the, the so-called alternate world out there can fucking have their <laughs> fucking macaroni cheese horror. Yeah. You know, this, this is the fucking, <laughs> this is kind of like pig, you know, it's a legit fucking exercise in just emotional terror. Yeah. But um, and I, I will say that I, this is what I was talking about before. The last line in the comic where, and for those of you that haven't seen it, the, the movie ends with Josh Hartnett, uh, even his character, basically turning himself into a vampire so that he can go toe-to-toe with Marlowe and essentially, you know, save his wife. It's a and, wicked sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely sacrifices himself to basically have this absolutely epic knockdown drag-out fight with Marlowe. Um mm. Which is fucking brilliant. It's amazing. I'm I'm watching it now. Um, such a such a great great ending. Um, so he basically sacrifices himself, becomes a vampire to you know save everyone. Um, in the comic, that final line <clears throat> where he says to Stella, his wife, you know, sure I could live forever, but I don't want to breathe for another second if it means I can't remember how to like if I can't remember loving you. Yeah broke my heart like every time i read it just i mean look i'm a fucking romantic i know but like if you read that final line as he basically holds his wife watching the sunrise and disintegrates and that's the last thing he says to her just fucking tears your heart it's, out it's kind of like the poetic endings the, up there with the crow and it really it just, is yeah i mean i don't know this is steve niles fucking just master stroke of genius to to close out a brilliant story yeah yeah it just it really is like the absolute heart and soul of that story and that yeah. final page is just like wow like yeah holy shit i mean um, this is the kind of depth that the two minute noodle horror fans of the universe would never understand you know yeah. like this is this is fucking legit man this is as legit as legit gets yeah and if you haven't seen this film fuck dude like if, if you, you you say you like vampires man this movie will fucking push those boundaries and then yeah. some and that was my only only gripe with the movie is that they left that line out at the end yeah it's a bit of a you know a bit of a shitter that it didn't happen but i I still think they captured the essence of it nice enough yeah they absolutely did like that the 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 ending of this film is just as it well okay it's not as powerful for me without those lines no but it is still a really powerful ending it Um, is and, you know, it's a really a great ending to a great story and a great movie. Absolutely. I just, yeah, I, I just love those final lines. It's just like, oh, dude, that's fucking poetry, that is. like It, it slams, man. It's a real poetic slam moment. And, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. It's, it's a shame that we didn't get that in the film. Maybe they did try to film it. Maybe Josh just didn't fucking nail the line as effectively as he could have i don't know i guess yeah, that's one I, of the mysteries yeah I'm not, I'm not sure maybe it was a case of you know they wanted to you know just give the ending may, their own may, spin. yeah maybe it was just one of those things where it's just like 
you know, the ending just didn't work with those lines. Maybe mm. they felt like it, it had more emotional impact without them. I just yeah. really feel like those, as far as final words to someone you love go, like that's a fucking killer. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's it, it's a golden ending to a you know a fucking film just soaked in blood and tragedy. I mean, this it's there's no other simpler way that I can explain it than that. And it's just the gore in it is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, um, yeah. You you will once again just fear the dark. The the little girl vampire just puts fucking um. Uh, fucking what's a face from Interview with Vampire? For Claudia, fire. yeah, 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 yeah. It's put puts Claudia to shame, uh, and then some. Yeah, it, it's just fucking. Yeah, we just get some badass vampires. It makes you just fucking breathe a sigh of relief that the the vampire mythology is alive and well. And uh, yeah, look like like Jake and me have just been saying, man, it'd just be great to see this continue. Will it? We'll just leave it with a big question mark. I think there's got to be a revival at some point. Um, I, I, I really do. I, I think I, especially I, around anniversary time. Yeah. Which it I, is. It's 20 years. Oh, fuck, man. Don't say that. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 no, I mean, like, I, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, but dude, it's like <laughs> two, 20, yeah, 2022, 2000. Oh, holy shit. Well, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, twenty uh, years of the comic, fuck. Yeah, but, but um, but the movie's I, not far behind. So, yeah. like, come on, guys, let's let's get a sequel happening. I I really feel like there's got to be a revival at some point. I know they did do now a few years ago. Um, I think they did a reboot or a soft reboot of sorts of the comic where they I reinterpreted so. it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read it. Um, I I missed out on it um i do want to check it out at some point if anyone that's listening has read the 30 days of night reboot comic just drop a comment on our facebook or something and let Mm. us know if it was worth uh if the juice was worth the squeeze yep absolutely Um, but um yeah i um i really just feel like there's got to be a revival uh in the offering at least on screen um I, I mean, so. I know I know the comics always go pretty well. Like, I know they always sell pretty well. Like, I've got friends that run comic shops and uh, stuff like that. And... I I I bought. Yeah, I was I was for a while there. I, I remember a few moons ago, I was buying the the comic book series and fucking loving it. Like, it was mm. fucking great. Like, it was every page as terrifying as the original. Yeah. Mm. Even yeah. dead like Dead Space was a fucking terrifying read. So. Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, Jake, the, the the fucking the stories that have come since, yeah, the brilliance of that tr- of initial trilogy is, uh, you know, there's been quite a few worthy of screen presence. Mm, absolutely, man. Mm. And I just, I really, I really do think that at some point they've got to. Um, I mean, well, you know, look, man, it's Hollywood. They, they, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll mine those their hills until they're fucking bare. But um, yeah. At some point, I, I feel like there's got to be a, a a reboot of some description. Whether that's, it'll probably be TV. I would I would dare say like 
at some point someone's going to go, hey, that 30 days a night thing, you know, people sure seem to like it. Hello, well, what if we fucking kick it off as a TV series? And to that yeah. I say, go for it. Do it well. Do it on streaming or something. Don't, um, don't chuck it on a network because that just never ends well. No. Cough, cough, walking dead, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Well, the Walking Dead started so with so much promise, and it just it it's just devolved very Look, very slowly into something I just kind of uh, no longer care about. My jury's out. Uh, I, I'm still I'm still waiting for the, the the final chapter to drop on the uh, the TV screen, and I'll I'll give you my version. But uh, yeah, man. Look, it's it's got its moments, definitely. Oh yeah, man. Look, I mean, Walking Dead is one of those shows where I, for me, Walking Dead feels like an abusive relationship. Yeah, it's like it is. I, 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 I swear I'm gonna leave, and then something happens where I go back, and you know, it's good for a little while, but then I, I want to go away again, and then they pull me back in, and. You know, all I'm saying is Walking Dead, you fucking, you need to give Norman Reedus a pay rise because he is the only reason I keep coming back. Because, like, Daryl Dixon is a fucking dude and we all know it. (laughs) Yeah. Great practical effects, just like 30 Days a Night. Jake, do you have any final words of um, the movie at all and the comic book? I just, you know, it feels like, like like you said, man, it feels like it's, um, it's a little secret. Uh, yeah, it does feel like 30 days of night was something that was super fucking shit hot for a couple of years. Mm. And now it kind of feels like a lot of people have sort of forgotten about it and how good it was. But, uh, I would strongly urge anyone who has not read the comic or seen this film. Um, or if you're one of the other, if you've seen the movie and haven't read the comic, I would really, really suggest going and checking it out or both of them out because they're really fucking good. Like, especially the yeah. comics. Like, that that trilogy, 30 Days of Night, 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, and 30 Days of Night, Return to Barrow are just a more perfect comic trilogy of vampire stories you yeah. would be hard-pressed to find. Absolutely, man. I mean, this is the thing, man. The, the, the stuff that you talk you and me talk about week to week and like we're, we're, we're pumping out some gems that the people need to see. I mean, I know last week we had a bit of a cracker with the dark Knight rises, but, um, but you know, I haven't got any hate mail over that yet. I'm, uh, I'm kind of shocked. I'm uh, kind of shocked. No one hey, went... hey, hey, it, it, it'll come, man. I'm sure. Um, it will. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little shocked that no one went, fuck you. Nolan's the best. Yeah, I know. Right. But, uh, dude, like, I mean, we, you know, we, we talk about these films that we love and, it, you know, we hope that there are people out there that haven't seen or, you know, or or have seen um, go back and revisit these great films because mm. um, that's what we do. We fucking, I don't know, we're, we're passionate fans talking about these fucking amazing film experiences and we'll continue to do so. Or um, even, uh, I guess, you know, people that... Um might have not realized that these were based on comics. Um, well, that's the thing, man. Like we, we're fucking comic nerds that, that, you know, try to, you know, create those parallels 
and you know every week showcase those parallels mm. between comic book and screen which nine times out of ten there's so many of them and um, oh absolutely yeah we'll continue I mean, to I explore it I, I do find that sometimes with a lot of folks. It's funny. I, I, I always love it when um, you get someone who is, uh, you know, vehemently anti-superhero movies and, oh, comic movies, I fucking hate them, rah, 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 yeah, rah, yeah. rah. Yeah. But then uh, the, you'll be like, oh, did you see, uh, you know, 30 Days of Night? Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, it was based on a comic, right? What? Yeah. It's or like, yeah, uh, it's not just superheroes out there. Yeah, but yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with superheroes, but another another good one I like to throw at them is uh, those people and um, that go, um, they say that shit, and you go, you've seen Kingsman, right? And they go, oh yeah, it's fucking cool movie. Yeah. Yep. Mark Miller wrote that. It was a great comic book series. You fucking what? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it's always funny. It's like, you know, even even the ones that like, you know, the hardcore Walking Dead fans that are like, oh, fucking superheroes, fucking stupid comic movies. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, dude, your favorite show is based on a comic book. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, shut the fuck it, up. <laughs> it, it always kind of cracks me up. It gives me, it gives me a little chuckle. Yeah, it's good, eh? But uh, man, 30 Days and I fucking, fucking gore feast of awesomeness. Um, I'm so glad we talked about this film. And yeah, there's, there's not enough. I don't know. We could just fucking waffle on about the fucking gore and the soundtrack and everything else. But um, I yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the score, the score is great as well. Like, yeah, so so much good stuff in this movie. It's like, just, a, know, it's even, just a, even if they did leave my favorite line from the comic out. <laughs> it's just like a beautiful, beautiful looking, delectable sushi roll. It's just nice and neatly presented. Um, but once you bite into it, the juice of fucking gore just oozes down the back of your throat and just fucking gives you that warm fuzzy feeling yeah i i just it's it's one of those movies for me it is like you know and i'm a i'm a simple bitch but like i love me a good movie that just sucks me into the atmosphere and the the world that they've created and especially if it's like you know there's there's certain movies out there and it's like this you know like seven big trouble mm. in little china mm. it's like they're just a great movie like if you're home alone just fucking throw a blanket over yourself on the couch snuggle up and just watch them and it's yeah. just like it's a simple pleasure but it's a great one absolutely i can't i can't fucking add any more to that i think that's fucking perfect yep yep that's it's a been... really warm and fuzzy note to end the show on, isn't it? Isn't it, Joss? <laughs> I, I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Blanket snuggles in horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had some fun on this episode, Jake. It's fucking episode 14 of Awesomeness. We're in the double digits. And As always. Kicking ass. Uh, boys and girls, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for and, listening. Um... Yeah, we'll we will be on Rad tomorrow morning for your Saturday morning, uh, talking about a movie that is kind of the cinematic equivalent of us, I guess. Yeah, it's gonna no, be exciting. No, we're, we're not we're not doing Beavis and Butthead to America. That's that's for another day. Uh, another day, <laughs> but it's a good one, man. We got a good one for you. So. Uh... Yeah, man. Till then, uh, have yourselves an awesome Friday. Fucking subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on. Uh, ring the notification bell. Tell your friends about the show. You know, all that, all the usual shit that every other podcast tells you to do. 
all the good stuff encourages. Yeah, you know, and we're on we're on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. So like, you can comment on our shit if you want. We don't buy it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. not not like the vampires in this movie, anyway. Yeah, exactly, man. Maybe we, maybe we should do some more of that shit on on social media. I don't know. Yeah, what start gnawing on people? I don't know. Just yeah, I, just I don't even free, know. Free, what I'm... free bite for every subscriber. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to fucking make sense of here. I'm out. I'm done. I'm it's, it's, out. It, it, it is it is late. Yeah, it's been it's oh yeah, yeah, that that's my horror story for you. Um just just real quick, fucking work in production, red carpet, the logies. Mate, you wanna talk about Freaky Friday? Wow. Woo! God damn. It's like <laughs> it is like every fucking plastic piece of god knows what walking that red carpet and i just didn't know a single celebrity from a bar of soap i just looked at them all went you all look the same to me dude but i did see richard wilkins and let me say the years go by but the hair remains great here's i you know man i i i've i've got a theory like you know i mean i know everyone used to say that like ray martin had like the the oh, hardest working hair yeah. in australian showbiz I think Richard Wilkins' hair works just as hard because that that do has remained relatively blonde and relatively spiky Absolutely. since like nineteen eighty five. And his mullet was a feat of fucking awesomeness. Back it in the was, day. man. It, yeah. it had height and depth. Like yeah. it was it was impressive. Um yeah. And I, I feel like I just every time I see Richard Wilkins, like I don't feel like he ages. No, no, he doesn't. Like, he just kind of looks the same. Like, there might be, like, for every, like, you know, 10 years that go by between me seeing him, it's like he gets, like, maybe one line on his face. Yeah, I think so. Like, it's just like he's, like, frozen in time since the 80s. It's kind of impressive. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, you have to, you have to respect it. You just really have to respect it. I, I just I, I, I want to ask if he's a vampire. I really do. Well, like, this is you know, speaking thing. of vampires, I mean, it's like, dude, you don't age. Like, what's yeah, going on there? That's kind of my segue, man. That, that that's my relevance of talking about the Logies. I just went all these fake ass celebrities, and then there's Richard Wilkins, and I went, dude, you're a vampire. <laughs> you are a vampire. Yep. The vampires walk amongst us, boys and girls. Oh yes, they do. And you know, sometimes they used to present Australian MTV. They truly did. They really did. <laughs> Jake, it's been awesome, man. Freaky Friday to you. As always, and you too, my dude. I will uh, see you back here tomorrow for Rad Times. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. All right, guys. Until next time. See y'all. Stay freaky. Stay freaky.